This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, here on a beautiful Saturday morning, right, the day after Christmas. And um, we are uh, here to give you all the, the market information, the local news about the real estate market. And one of the beauties of our radio show is that every week we have a new guest, and that would be... Uh, one of our 4,000 members or 1,000 affiliate members or just people that we know. Well, today we have a couple of realtor members. First, we have um, Andrew Kidder of Keller Williams. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you. And you've, you're have you somewhat new in the business because you're a young guy, right? I'm relatively new. Yeah. <laughs> and, and relatively young. Yes, you <laughs> okay. on this planet. <laughs> okay, great. And um, uh, and then here you have your grandfather with you today. Be nice, That's be right. nice yes. here, come on. <laughs> this isn't your grandfather? Great grandfather. Great grandfather. <laughs> and then okay. here comes the bus. I hear it coming. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, we have Dave Kidder, and I've been told that he's actually his father, not grandfather or great grandfather. Are That's you sure? Right. I am very sure. Yes, I was there the day he was born, and I'm pretty sure he's mine. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and also with Keller Williams, so you two work together. Um, are you? What an opportunity to get to learn from your dad. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I know how to talk to him. Everything seems to be a little bit easier. It's better than just being thrown into some office where you don't know anyone. And he's mm -hmm. been well-established, so I kind of have my in. You know, when my son was 18, I asked him if he wanted to work with me, get his license and work with me. He said, no, I don't want to work that many hours. <laughs> of course, he ends up working on a cruise ship where he worked 12-hour shifts seven days a week. So how is it working with him? It's very much like a cruise ship. <laughs> Even when you're off work, uh, he doesn't let you off the boat. You still have to see everyone all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I More than anything, I get to have all of my questions answered pretty mm. much immediately. I don't have to call anyone. I can. He knows what I mean when I ask what I ask. And oh. we get to work on a lot of projects together. And there's something about a father-son team that people looking for a home gravitate towards. I can see that. Um, it's like you have instant credibility because of your dad. Yeah. See, can, my son didn't see that part. I gain credibility from him too. I mean, you know, uh, he's likable. He's very likable. I, I, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. If you if you spend any time with him at all, very very personable, and he's been that way since he could talk. He's 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 enamored uh, himself with. Uh, people older than him uh, from day one. So mm -hmm. it's it's a pleasure being around being around him and having him, uh, you know, in a situation. Okay, so I want to ask both of you, and this is what I do with so many of our guests, especially this year, because I think it's almost like every week is a different answer. 
or at least a different take on it. But why is our market so hot? I, I, I think last March we all would have said, oh boy, we're going into the, the dumpster. But it didn't. It went the other way. Why, why is that? It's inventory. It, inventory and interest rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they're both way, way low. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. So for our listeners, what does inventory mean? And you know, the only example I can think of is is in March when this thing started. Everybody went to the store to buy what toilet paper, and there was no toilet paper. And now you go out to find a house, and there is no homes for sale. I mean, we're the lowest we're the lowest number of homes for sale right now than I than I think we've ever been in in, in this in this market. And why would that be? When everyone says shelter in place, people tend to do that. Mm-hmm. Even though people are wanting to move, people aren't wanting to move out. Gotcha. Okay. So low inventory, a shortage of homes for sale, though, has been something we've talked about for six or seven years. Yeah. And a lot of that is during the recession of 2008 through 2013, there was very little home building. And home building has slowed way down. It's a home um, completions have been pushed out. There's a lumber shortage going on right now. There's a labor shortage going on right now. Uh, sometimes people uh, who have, you, you know, it's like we see this in our sports teams. We, all of a sudden he is under COVID protocol. Builders have the same situation. They have, they have contractors who all of a sudden can't show up for work. And now that job that they had figured this crew that they worked with for years is no longer available or they're, they're not available for the next 14 days. Mm-hmm. So those things are impacting us. Uh, with the riots around the country, we had a very large uh, lumber shortage, plywood shortage, plus also the, the lumber mills have been impacted by COVID as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of different things why you know building uh, construction has slowed down. And as Andrew said, people may not necessarily want strangers in their homes right now. So mm-hmm. they just don't sell their home. Yeah. I'm going to go back a few years to pre before anybody knew what the term COVID was. And the builders would have told you the biggest reason for a shortage or the reason they're not building as much is over-regulation by the state. So that that plays into it also. And then you throw all these other things in there, and that's why we have the lowest amount of homes for sale right now. Yeah, we're overregulated, and it's daily we're surprised with what else is coming at us. And I know we'll talk about it later, but every day we wait to see what Sacramento sends us. Yeah, yeah. So I read an article. Now, it was a national article. And, of course, we talk here about how real estate is local. It might be bright and sunny here in Central California, cold and snowy in Michigan on the same day. But so here's this national um, publication. And they're saying that more than half of the listings have had multiple offers. Would you say that? is true and accurate here in the the Fresno or let's say the Central Valley 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So There's too many people and not enough houses. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And I remember back when I started, they said there's too many people, not enough caves. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> see, you didn't know I had my license that long, did you? Now you barely see a cave anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, what's the best way for a buyer to buy a home when that's the case? I, you know, they have to, they have to be pre-qualified. They have to be ready to go. Uh, their uh, sellers are looking at the best offer in front of them, and oftentimes it comes down to what lender are they using, how responsive is that lender, um, are they not only did you know they're ready to go, they have the cash, they have the cash to close, and the and the bank is ready to go with them. So, and this is where I would like to throw in something about local. And that is, what do you two do when you have multiple offers on a listing? Here's a relatively good, well, let's let's say there's two listings that are, or two offers that are relatively good. One of them though is pre-approved by an out-of-town lender. The other by a local reputable lender. Who's got the heads up there? You know, I, I, I recently had a closing with a really good out-of-town lender. So before I say anything that <laughs> that dismisses good out-of-town lenders is we call the lenders and we ask them as, I mean, there are questions that we we don't ask, but we are we are asking specific questions for the lender to see how responsive they are. And and if, if we feel good about them, we'll put that lender forward. I'll give you one of those questions so we cannot ask what is their income no we can't but we can find out if it's sufficient by saying is their debt to income ratio in line with your your guidelines yep and that's where they might come out and say oh yeah they've got a 22 percent well then you know you got lots and lots of room Mm -hmm. that one's a slam dunk if, you, if they say, well, we're at 45%, but I think I can get it through, now you know it, it, it's going to be tight. And, and we can ask, do you foresee any problems or any issues with this loan and going forward? And let and, and a good lender knows exactly what they can and can't say, but they also know what to say to give us the confidence that we should go forward with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one lender that was out of town said, no, I've, I have dealt with this buyer on several occasions. You know, and I look back, and yes, the, the, this buyer had been involved in other, and seemed like they closed. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so just because they're out of town doesn't make them bad. No, it just limits your ability to hold them accountable. Yep, you you may not see them at the gas station, <laughs> like you would a local lender. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, um, what are some of the other things that? you look for when you have multiple offers and you're, you're on the listing side what do you look for competitive people i've seen a lot of people lose a house simply because they weren't prepared to go into a bidding war with anyone else i've seen people put an offer in on the house and they even were willing to go higher and then someone else comes in and they put in on offer and they're all like, well, this is getting messy. There's two or three other people putting in an offer on this one house. I don't want to be part of that. 
but you're not going to get a house right now unless you're ready to get a little bit competitive with other buyers. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody say this, that he counsels his buyer by saying, don't get in a bidding war. What you do, when you see a house you like and you want to put in an offer, make the best offer. Put your best foot forward now and don't worry about the others. Worry about you getting it. And if you put in your best offer, you, you went to the highest amount that you're willing to go to for that, that home, and if somebody else beats you out, then you're happy for them that they got it, and you're happy you didn't get it because no it was beyond. The question that I've asked from day one <laughs> has been if you wake up tomorrow morning and you find out that you got beat out on this house and somebody paid this, are you going to be upset that you didn't get the house at that price? And I've had some people push back, but really for the most part, they'll, they'll get to that point where they'll say, well, at this price, if I don't get it at this price, if somebody pays more than this, I'm okay if somebody else buys the house. That's the price that we need to offer. There you go. Mm -hmm. I think you just said it best, just as we go to our first commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Your home of the San Francisco Giants, 940 ESPN. The Valley's local sports leader, KFIG Fresno. Glory of hope and joy and peace, and let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love that lasts through the Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio, we have Dave Kidder and Andrew Kidder, both of Keller Williams Real Estate, a father and son team, and um, I'm going to ask the son, who does all the work on this team? We both do it 100%, 50% of the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to figure out that math. Let me get my calculator out. <laughs> all right. Well, I could tell you're a good salesman. That was a good answer. <laughs> you you got to keep the dad happy. Uh, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, the beatings come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm tired of the beatings. <laughs> All right. Get um, happier. <laughs> that's right. Okay, let's talk about a new term. I, I think three years ago, nobody in real estate use the term forbearance yeah we put we the experienced realtor could have figured it out and said oh, okay this is what forbearance means but it wasn't an everyday usage now it is we go back 12 years ago same thing happened when we went into a recession and all of a sudden new terms pop <clears throat> popped up like underwater that, that was never used before um, or short sales REOs, all that stuff was kind of new. Now forbearance. Can one of you tell me and tell the listener, what is forbearance? Well, when the this first struck, the risk or the, the concern was for the renter and for the, um, you know, the home buyer who's just purchased his home. And it was basically a principle of, we'll say, we're going to we're going to ask the landlord or we're going to ask the banks to allow either the renter or the, the home buyer to 
delay some of their payments or ask for forbearance on those loans. So basically not a forgiveness, but a patience on making my loan payment or making my rent payment. And I think a lot of people thinking, well, this is a, this is the way to keep more money in my pocket went and stepped up for it, asked the bank to please, please let us make our payments later. Or the tenant said, please, can we make our rent payment later or maybe not pay the full amount? And the government basically was saying, lenders, landlords, you have to allow this. And so I think there was a rush at first for people to maybe not pay their full rent or pay their full mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Things have adjusted. Things have changed a little bit where I talked to a lot of landlords, I talked uh, to, to a lot of property managers. They said they haven't really had a lot of forbearance. They haven't had to push off a lot of rent. It's about 5% of the people are maybe slow or have asked to uh, make up that rent later on down the road. Okay, so originally you started off by saying that the government was asking the landlord, no, but so it, wasn't really it, wasn't, it wasn't really an ask. It wasn't an ask. I was being political. It, it wasn't an ask. All right. Yeah. So basically, and, and it was forbearance is different than forgiving. Yep. Forgiving means it's washed away. It's gone. Forbearance is kicking the can down the road. Yep. So you're, if you have a mortgage and you haven't paid in. 10 months, you're going to have to pay it back with forbearance. It's just that you've been given more time. Yes. So what happens and how would you counsel a seller or not a seller? uh, That's making an assumption. (laughs) How would you counsel a homeowner who says, I haven't made payments in 10 months and I know that this thing comes due in a couple of more months? What can I do? Can I go get a loan? Do I have to sell the house? Can I beg and plead with the uh, bank to to give me more time? See the and that's and I I mean this is where I've lived a lot here in the last you know seven eight months dealing with the lenders too is if your intent is to ever is to buy a house in the next couple of years. Even applying for forbearance, even if you say, you call the bank and say, I'd like to take forbearance, but then you make your payments, just the fact that you asked for forbearance may impact your ability to borrow money down the road. And we didn't know that eight months ago. We didn't know that that would be the impact. But now underwriters, the people who actually judge whether or not they want to loan you money, have become quite strict on that. So I would say if if you have been behind or if you if you if you have the ability to pay it but you you chose not to i'd say get caught up as quickly as you you can because it will impact your credit down the road now mm-hmm. if you're a tenant and you've at, you've taken forbearance the landlord can't really evict you right now for non-payment for covid reasons and consult your attorney before you run out and act on anything i say here but that landlord can impact whether or not somebody would want to rent to you later down the road. So yes, I have to allow you to maybe uh, some time to make up, but I don't. Ha- I don't have to give you a good reference. And that's that's. Mm-hmm. I don't think renters really understood that. Right, and, and something else that maybe they 
they didn't understand and so also the homeowner who hasn't made the payment you said what maybe five percent on the on the rental side on the rental side okay so about five percent have not made their payments so if you're in that five percent what would we let's say you're a a a new landlord or a new mortgage giver Mm -hmm. why would you want to deal with somebody not in the 95% who has exhibited the ability to repay. Yeah, it, 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 that choice to me would be easy. Is I'm going to pick the I'm going to pick the 95. I'm going to pick the person who could demonstrate that as soon as they could get caught up, got caught up. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and I think what I'm saying is, if you are in that forbearance arena, mm. you are behind in either rent or your mortgage. Do everything you can starting today to get caught up because it, it's a you're digging a hole. Yeah, um, it's not forgiveness; it's forbearance. It, it's it's putting it off, and, and if you wait too long, and that hole becomes too deep, ah, you're in trouble. Landlords have a tendency to be, our landlords, there's, I think we have more smaller investors, smaller landlords here in Fresno. And if, I am a, if I'm a renter and I'm behind, I'm going to my landlord before my landlord has to come to me. I'm being upfront with that person. I am, I am being proactive to say, here's, here's what's going on and here's what I can do and here's what I will do. Make, make that call first. Don't, don't be chased. So with all these forbearance is coming due soon. Are we going to look at a repeat of 2008? I wasn't doing a whole lot in 2008. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were doing your homework, I hope. Yeah. Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> yes, he was. I don't know, Don. I don't... We have the ability to to track the what's called pre-foreclosures, which are... These are notices that have gone out. These are people who are behind or have been sent over a notice to uh, uh, a notice of default. They haven't made their payment. And I don't see a huge spike in notices of default happening out there, which means either the banks aren't reporting them, aren't doing it because they can't do anything about it anyway, or we don't have a huge problem here in the Central Valley. I don't feel like we're going to have a huge amount of foreclosures when it does become available at least i can't see i can't i can't see the numbers that that would reflect that right now so here's the difference back in 2008 back when you were in grade school still andrew <laughs> all right we here, here was a typical listing scenario you go out there you you'd go through the house let them know their home was worth two hundred thousand dollars and they go oh boy but I owe three hundred thousand. You know, they were underwater. They were upside down. That was a typical scenario, because so many people had done cash out refis in two thousand seven, two thousand six, and taken out all their equity. That's not the case this time. Here's a typical scenario. I got a call this week from a um, an old client lives in Bakersfield. The home's in Bakersfield and was saying that the home's worth about 300000 They said that they hadn't made a payment in 10 months. 
because of the forbearance. They, they, they were out of work. Um, but they only owe $125,000. They've got equity. Yeah. They have an option that the people back in 2008 didn't have. They can sell that house. They can sell it, and they got the equity to do it. That the, the, but here's what I told them. But where else are you going to find a place to live like that for $900 a month, which is their payment? 100% so. right. Because if, if you have noticed, uh, rents have been going up. Mm-hmm. And the requirements to rent, it. I think it's it's almost tougher to rent a house now than to buy a house. If talking to some landlords, they have really tightened up their credit and they've really tightened up what they require before they'll even put you in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, you know, uh, if I'm an investor, I don't want somebody else's problem coming to stay with me. Yeah, there you go. Well, we do have to go to another commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's Most Informative Real Estate Talk Show. Here in the studio, we have Andrew Kidder and Dave Kidder, son and grandfather. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah, uh, which one's the younger brother? Uh, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. He acts like it, doesn't he? <laughs> there are times. <laughs> I'm uh, the older brother, but the shorter brother. Ah, uh, isn't I, that a kick in the pants? <laughs> yeah. How many siblings do you have? One. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Will that brother be getting into real estate, too? We're trying to. He certainly has the brain for it, but he's going into – he wants to be an accountant. Hmm. Interesting. Hey, maybe he can count all your money that you make. That's now. right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what makes a buyer. So there's renters out there that are seeing the – uh, a newfound appreciation for an essential item called a home. What what advice can we give them? And Andrew, you, you know, being in your age group, you probably work with a lot of first-time buyers um, who are making that move from an apartment that they've been renting to a home. What are the things that would motivate them to make that big leap? That's right. I was working with a young couple before COVID, uh, market was good and they were expecting a baby and there's that's a really good motivation when you've got another mouth coming you've got a little time bomb on another person coming into the family um they wanted to upgrade to a house get a bonus bedroom so i actually prefer working with people who are have a time frame and are motivated it's hard to work with people who don't have a clear idea of the reality they're in. We were trying to work with a guy who we show up to his house. I, I'm doing air quotes right now. His house. <laughs> it's a lot. Wall, uh, fence to fence trash. I can barely see. We can barely see the house in there. <laughs> and he did not want to play by the rules. He wanted us to find a house and trade a house for a house. He wanted to know in between time. He just wanted to... 
yeah, if you can find something of equal or greater value, then we can just trade it out. And I go, no one's going to want this place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are some buyers that have unrealistic expectations. I mean, to this day, even in a hot market like it is, you still have sellers that say, you know, I'll ask them, well, what, uh, where, where do you want to live? Um, what school district? What price range? I'm just looking for a deal. You know, that, <laughs> that's what the buyer says. They just want a deal. Well, that's a hard one to work with. Because, and I tell them, you know, I, could, uh, I know a mobile home coming up that I think is going to be a deal. Um, might have something for a million bucks that, that's really worth 1.2 million. That's a deal. What can you afford? What, what, where do you want to be? You know, a deal right now is the one that gets accepted, in my oh. opinion. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you're, you're, and I asked this question. I mean, there, it's, how how long do you want to stay in this house? And if they say, well, this is my forever house, then then I have to ask is, well, then does it matter what you pay for it today? Because in 20 to 30 years, it's still going to be your house, but it's going to be free and clear. Are you going to really care what you paid for the house then? Or the fact that you've lived in that house for 30 years? What's the most important is that you won the bidding war and you paid less than the, the other guy? Because that's not going to get you a house right now. Mm-hmm. And the alternative is, if you're still renting in 30 years, how are you going to feel about buying somebody else's house for them? Because that's what you're doing. You're, you're making a payment for somebody else, and you just bought that house for somebody else. And the only benefit you have is that you haven't had to move in 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, the very first house I bought, to, to make your point for you, uh, I remember a guy I worked with saying, man, why are you buying that? You're overpaying. It was $44,000. He said, you know, it can't be worth more than $42,000. Now, this is a four-bedroom house over by Herndon and Cedar. I still own it today. And you're right. Somebody has made all those payments for me uh, by renting and and helping me own it. So The lot is worth $200,000. If you scrape the house off, then the lot itself is worth $200,000, let alone what the house is worth. Mm-hmm. It's important to remember the long game because even if the market is fluctuating, prices are going up and down. If you zoom out, the whole up and down graph is going up, up, up. Like 40 years ago, it was $40,000. In a decade, it'll be a billion and a half dollars. <laughs> yeah. I, I think every, what, 30 years, we just have to add a zero at the end of everything. Basically. It, it, Why yeah. is that? History. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Appreciation. It's God has not made any more land. And, you know, that's an old adage I heard my second day in real estate is, you know, there's no more land being created. It's we're done with with the amount of space that we have to work with. And uh, right now the builders aren't building more houses. So the prices will have a tendency to go up. I can't yeah. I can't guarantee that prices will always go up. 2008. It didn't. Andrew. Listen to your dad on that one, because what I'm about to tell you, you, you should listen to your dad. I'm about to tell you, it's inflation. The more we keep printing money, mm-hmm. the less that $1 is worth. And, and eventually, it's worth $0.10. Cents. So you need – and the only hedge against inflation 
is to buy something permanent like land. There's your hedge against inflation. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you should listen to me, not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> or, or both of us. We, we both have gray hair. You know, there's a little wisdom here. Right. Well, I'm kind of proud of my boys because at 20 and 23 years old, they, have, they own their first house. You know, they bought a house together. Ah, um, and so just recently, yeah, they're investing. And oh, congratulations! Thank were, you. They were tired of paying us rent, and now they're 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 investing in, in themselves. So you just couldn't have all the parties at your dad's house, right? Right. Yeah. And now <laughs> I can't with everyone sick. So <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um. So those renter people that are renting now should, especially if they have been able to pay their rent on time, they're a good good potential buyer now because they've got the good credit through through a crisis and maybe can exhibit to the lender that I'm a good credit risk. So um, buying a home is a great way to hedge against inflation, to participate, and, and like that friend in... Um, a client in Bakersfield that had the $300,000 home that they, I think they bought it for like 135,000 and and now they owe 125. They've got equity. Yeah. And if they were renting that same house, they wouldn't have that. They would no. have a stack of receipts. All right. So how easy is it to get a loan? So that renter wants to become a homeowner. Uh, what what do they have to exhibit to the lender so the lender will say, congratulations, you're pre-approved? Good credit. Employment and employment history. And yeah, the credit the credit says it all. It's I've I've kept I've made my payments in a timely fashion. I paid on time. I've lived within the, the rules of what I agreed to when I borrowed that money from for whatever is I made my payments in the at agreed upon time 28 to 32 teeth <laughs> okay <laughs> the uh, I think right now I think the ability to show that my job is essential is unfortunately um, uh, that's another phrase word that we never used before is an incent you're a you're an essential your job is an essential to to what's going on out there to be able to, the lender needs to know that you're still going to be employed six months after you close the loan because that lender is is on that hook for that loan for about six months mm -hmm. after he sells it to somebody <clears throat> else there's a term that came out um, around 2010 called ATR ability to repay and this is what caused a lot of the problems in 2008 and 9 is when people were getting loans and did not have to show their ability to repay yeah congress came out and said hey wait a minute <laughs> if, if you're going to do a loan you have to show an ability to repay otherwise the lender is just being a predatory hawk so that that's important, and by good credit, it I think a, a you know yeah they have FICO scores and it's numeric, but basically that you have the attitude that I'm going to repay my bills, and that gets exhibited in that credit score. Yeah. 
if you have that attitude, um, it, you'll have a high score. Absolutely. And, and I think we see that in people today is like, okay, my job has been cut back. My hours have been cut back and I will do whatever I can to make my payments. So they are, they are doing <coughs> side jobs. They are, they're every opportunity they, they are, they're, they're cutting back on their bills. They're cutting back on eating out. They're cutting back on other things that aren't essential to maintaining that house and their, their bare minimum quality of life these these are the thing they're 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 uh getting i like to think of my home as my fort sometimes so they're doing everything they can to protect that fort they are they're defending their home and those people will make their payments and that's who the lender wants to give more money to mm -hmm. the the person who has the attitude that i'm going to be resilient i'm going to pay my obligations and i'll adjust the non the variable things like you said, um, eating out, traveling, uh, those some of the non-essential things, and make sure you pay for the essential items like a home. Yeah, exactly. Get a realtor who has uh, close personal relationships with lenders because no matter what you tell them, lenders can come around and ask the realtor, hey, uh, how's this person doing? Are they just feeding me the lines I want to hear? Mm -hmm. And if you're up to code and you actually have the ability to repay, then you've got a second voice vouching for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. And I like what you say about talk to a realtor, because when we come back from our next commercial break, we are going to talk about a career in real estate, which I think is appropriate with Andrew here. There we go. All right. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have the dancing brothers, Dave and Andrew Kidder. You like the music, huh? I do. Yes. I do like the music. It's kind of old, though. It's from September. I bet it, yeah. <laughs> but it reminds you of uh, the good old days prior to lockdown. I know. Nothing wrong with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Can't That's even, right. Can't even think back to what it was like before um, stay at home was issued uh, things have changed oh my gosh we're on what month eight of our three-week lock-in yeah we are <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so why would somebody want a career in real estate and andrew 23 years old you've had your license how long three years three years okay so you knew you wanted in this game a long time ago give me the three biggest reasons why you wanted to get into real estate so no matter what you do with your life, it's important to have your real estate license, whether no matter how active you are. Uh, I've got two other jobs lined up and the income from that and being able to buy and sell my own real estate will come in handy when I start playing with properties and investments. Mm -hmm. I'm going into a dental assisting job and I do CGI computer stuff on the side and have a client in New York. I'm making a video game for him. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 
this one over here has been convincing me since I was in diapers to <laughs> sell real estate. For so those on the radio, this one over here is your dad sitting next dad. to you. Right, so, right. <laughs> I've gone from great-grandfather to grandfather to dad to brother during this hour. So yeah, I'm, there you go. I'm getting younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of been ingrained in my mind, uh, and he's always enjoyed it, and we're very similar in the way we deal with people. We're very personable. We like working with people and things, and real estate is the way to go with that. Um, in practice, uh, it's hard working with people because they'll say what they want, and then that plan doesn't always go up to code, and... They don't answer all of your calls. <laughs> yeah. It, it is something where you have to have the expectation that you're not going to be 100% successful every time. There are going to be some buyers and sellers that it doesn't work out for. I go back to when I started when I was 21, and after five months, I couldn't stand it because I, I, I couldn't accept that part about not being 100% successful somebody listed a home with me and i didn't sell it uh, and um of course the fact that i said i really think it's worth <laughs> pay attention to these numbers i really think it's worth fifteen thousand dollars and they wanted to list it at seventeen thousand mm -hmm. that was a, a big reason why it didn't sell but i had a hard time accepting that but i took a three-month sabbatical traveled the country did a road trip around the united states came back and went at it and haven't looked back there you go so um all right so you you had a lot of persuasion from your grandfather now, <laughs> now you're back to being a grandfather you're tearing me out here don thanks <laughs> all right so um and, and that's actually why i got into it too I had an uncle that really persuaded me to do it. And then even my mom and my dad said, yeah, well, you would be good at it. Go to work with your uncle. So I did. How about you, Dave? Why, how, how long have you been in the real estate business? Well, I've been licensed. March, I'll be licensed 17 years licensed. I had eight years licensed up in Washington. And I've been licensed since 2012 here um, in California. And I took a break in between uh, when I was a commodity broker, which is what brought me to California. And I wish, and this is part of my advice to Andrew, is I wish I had never given up my license. Um, it, was a, it was a glamorous job I jumped to, and I also was jumping from 19% interest. And to me, it was like this, this, some of the fun is left. But the reason I got into real estate was I saw real estate at uh, – I, I sold my first house the week I got my license and the week I turned 21. And I saw I saw it as a way to ensure my future. I saw real estate as what was where I needed to be and that's what I wanted to invest in. And along the way I found that I could also invest in people and help them invest in real estate. And that's become my passion, is helping other people understand how to make money in real estate. And that's that to me is what I wake up for, is helping other people understand and realize their dream uh, by owning real estate. And let me tell you a good story about why I stay in real estate. Um, I remember when I was a kid, 
and for all of you that lived in Fresno long, long time ago, just north of Bullard Avenue on Blackstone was a place called Dominic's Liquor Store. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Thomas ran that place, and they were there all the time. So I remember I was probably in high school, and I said, excuse me, Mrs. Thomas, why do you work all the time? <laughs> no matter when we come in, you're here, and you're always so happy. She said, Donnie, <laughs> Donnie, where else can you get a job where you get to see all your friends and they all come and, and it's just so great to see your friends and work with your friends. That one stayed in my mind and now that I look back on my real estate career, I can honestly say that's a great reason to be in a real estate career. You, you get to hang out with your friends, you get to help them make big time decisions. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a great career. I will say it's a really really hard job. There's days when it's like, oh my gosh, this <laughs> this is hard. But overall, what a career! It's great. Don, I I want to let you know and the the audience know that I've done the math here. Some things you you said. You and I are about the same age. It's Grandpa Don Donnie. <laughs> now, but what I want to say is that. You work with a different company, and yet I consider you a very good friend. I've had the great pleasure of working, serving with you um, in different capacities on the MLS over the, over the last year, but over the last several years. And that friendship that we've developed confronting some very difficult situations, and you have difficult situations in the real estate transaction that you have to work through. And at the end, I always come away with a deeper re, uh appreciation of the person I work with on the other side. That's, and you know, you just said it really well. That's another thing I love about a real estate career. What other business can your competitors be your friends? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sure, there are others, but it's very commonplace here. And um, we talk about like being on a hard job versus a great career. I'll bet you're really, really glad that uh, you were, um, chosen to be on the MLS committee, even though (laughs) overall, you're probably really happy about that, but there were some tough decisions. And I remember I was in the same room and I'm thinking, God, I wish I wasn't here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you kind of, you kind of talked me into it and it's like, I, there, I trusted you. I appointed you. Like real estate (laughs) and you appointed me. And like in real estate, there's sometimes you listen to somebody who has done it before you need to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your guidance. You betcha. So, um, do you get in it for the money? Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after all these years, I'm going to say I'm not in it for the money because I realize that so much of it goes to taxes. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course, you got to make it to ta- be taxed on it first, right? If you can do what you love. And it provides for your family. That's a win-win. And it's a win-win industry, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would, what, what's the biggest benefit of being in a real estate career? Is it time? You know, you make your own schedule? I was going to say you get to choose your own hours. That would be reason number three I decided to get in it. Um, the time, the flexibility, the good community – 
Mm-hmm. All right. I. Why is it then, if you get to choose your own time, how come I'm always working? That's what you decided. <laughs> <laughs> I've cut back to half days. I only work seven to seven now. Oh, so I, I've, okay. I've cut back to half days. It's really easy to get really caught up with your work, and time flies because of how much you're enjoying it. There it is. All right. Well, I want to thank both Andrew and Dave Kidder for coming in today and helping us. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. We'll be back next next Saturday as we begin our 13th year. And we have Assemblyman Jim Patterson, who's going to be on the show with us. Great speaker. Thank you very much. Thank you, Don. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Andrew. Able to repair chipped windshields while you wait. Replace broken.